Fourth Row Podcast. Today we are covering movies hate that we love to hate watch. So our top three hate watch movies. Dog, welcome, and help me define what a hate watch movie is. Hello, good to see you. Uh, so we, I think, what spawned this was uh, this is no spoilers. I'm going to throw a few out in the beginning. I was watching Ready Player One earlier this week, and I was just. I hate. I just think it's a bad movie, but I really enjoyed the experience. And it's probably like the fourth or fifth time I've watched it. And I was just like, why am I watching this right now? I don't understand. <laughs> so, you know, that that inspired... What else? We were also talking about performance, specific performances. Uh, we were actually... We were talking about TV shows initially. Yeah. Actually, but, uh, with Phil and I are both passionate... <laughs> passionate detesters of the Big Bang Theory. Oh God! We're just we're just trying to figure out, and we keep watching it sometimes, and it's it's kind of a sick feeling. You you keep watching it, and you you know you hate it, but you it's almost like a train that you just keep watching, and you know it's bad. You know, yeah, it's, you know I, it's just you almost it's like corn syrup. But, yeah, uh, it's it's a very predictable plot. Like the laugh track is there. Like it's more of like a comfort thing, and you get to the end of the episode, and you're just like, why am I watching this? And we wanted to bring that feeling into into cinema, into the movies that we're going to be talking about today. So we came up, I don't think either one of us know our, our top three lists. At least I don't know yours. Uh, no, no, of course not. Yeah. So yeah, we're just going to spend, you know, five, ten minutes tops on each one of these movies and just tell tell them kind of what the movie is or tell everyone what the movie is and why we love to hate it like i why we hate why, why we hate the movie and why we can't stop watching it i also want to explore just the idea of why we do these things why we are like is it just part of our culture is it just why it, it, i think you nailed it kind of with the comfort thing uh why like why are we watching stuff that we just know we don't like <laughs> or, or you know we just it almost we watch it for fuel to make fun of it almost yeah anyway that's the top three list is just a way to kind of just succinctly give examples of the, the hate watch. Because I haven't really heard many people talk about this topic before. Yeah. But I'm sure everyone, exactly. even, though we're, yeah. even though I'm stumbling to describe what it is, like, everyone knows what we're talking about. Like, just movies that either you poke fun of or you just can't stop watching. So, as we get into this, we'll probably define it better and better as we're just talking about them. So, what, I mean, do you want to start off with... with your I've first. started off the last few times. Why don't you All go right. first? With your Dammer, is it, are you going three to one? Um, I'll go. Th- uh, I didn't really have them in order, but yeah. Right. Me, me neither. So the way I did it, I did. So essentially, I, honestly, I still haven't narrowed it down to three. I have like two movies per topic or three. So I have like one comedy, one like fairly serious movie, and then like one genre in a way. So, yeah. I, I just kind of just went through like a bunch of movies just just off the top of head and just be like which ones I hate which ones I don't I went back I didn't actually watch these movies again but I've seen them enough times where I can talk about them um, and I, and I, what I did is I rewatched the trailer and just watching the trailer got me like I was hate watching the trailer as I was watching yeah. them like yeah. so all right I'll, I'll start out I'll, the the first one I have and, and a lot of these movies too I'm not sure if you've seen or if anyone who's listening has seen either so you know just bear with us. So one of the first ones I saw was the, the, all right, well, how would I do this? I'm going to give you the cast and let me see if you can tell me what this movie is. All right. The, the top four build act actors and actresses in this, which are great is John Travolta, 
Hugh Jackman, Holly Berry, and Don Cheadle. Swordfish. Swordfish. <laughs> you think that's a bad movie? So I want to start out by when this movie came out, I thought it was awesome. As this movie ages more and more, I hate it more and more. But at the same time, I can't stop watching it. It was kind of like bearing like John Travolta's flip from like kind of like a wholesome, clean cut, like good guy into like the villain roles that he kind of took on in like the early two thousands. Exactly. From Paris with Love, which is, yeah. Right. Face Off, which I'm not sure if he's technically the good guy or the bad guy or what in that because. Right. Everyone's like switching roles, but he's the bad guy for the majority of the movie. And he's definitely the bad guy. He's kind of like this cyber terrorist, like leads like this cyber terrorist group. So So this is tough because I think it's still a good movie. That being said, I haven't seen it in probably, you know, five, five, maybe more than five years. It it hasn't aged well. I'll just give you that. Like I've probably seen it. Don Cheadle was in it. Yeah. He's kind of like the detective who's, you know, he's, uh, or... He's like when they're holding up the bank. He's he's like the guy who's like trying to talk them off the ledge and making sure that no hostages um, get get killed. So just just to give you like a quick synopsis of the movie or a quick summary of the movie, um, uh, John Travolta is running this cyber terrorist unit. He needs like a hacker or a, or what they called a code cracker. Another thing that didn't really age well to help him, you know, recover nine point five billion dollars, which is. Almost like a Doctor Evil sum of money, like at that right, at the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. Like he was, he's on a level of like evil or just like manipulation that like isn't even above the government somehow. Or like, right. Right. This like the black market somehow that there's this money that's been then gaining interest rapidly for the last twenty years that he needs to get his hands on. So, anyways, he brings Hugh Jackman in and puts him through this test. He puts. Like this henchwoman is her face in his lap and says, "Hey, break into the government." Most most crackers can do this into in sixty minutes. I need you to do it in sixty seconds. That's right. He has the. That's right. And he has the girl perform fellatio while he's hacking into. <laughs> while right. he's hacking into the most into the government. Yeah, into the like the government. The government's like treasury or something. He is um, by the government legally not allowed to be like within like a hundred yards of a computer. Hugh Jackman. He's that so, dangerous like, of a coder. Yeah. Being on the computer is like it, all right. So the, when you're phrasing it and thinking back on it, it is just garbage. It's just it is. And, and like like the idea of like they have all these big screens up and like they have. Like, the idea that they can get into the government tracker and they can't get into, like, this one bank account, like, that premise alone is just, like you said, it's like there's, like, this other life or, like, other part of, like, society that we aren't supposed to know about where there's just billions of dollars hanging around. Like, that whole premise was just crazy. Um, how- both, and both Halle Berry and John Travolta died in the movie, but then at the end they're, like, on a boat. Right, like speeding away. Right, so and, then, and like their death scenes are just so clear that they're dead. Like it's not like yeah, one of those things where you don't see it. Pretty sure gets hung or shot or something. And it almost felt like it almost felt like a rewrite at the end of the movie, where it's yeah. just kind of like. Oh. But you continue to watch it though. You so do the last because time you watch this. Uh, I'm telling you, last year, last year I watched it, watched the movie, so it's relatively fresh. And again, I watched the trailer again, so it kind of gave me a big. So the the reason why I hated is because I just realized it's, it just didn't age well. Also, it was it was kind of trying to make John uh, Travolta, the terrorist, a cool thing. And this movie was put out like three months before 9-11. So was like, it really that? 
Oh, I, was, I didn't realize it was that relatively close. Yeah. To so in one of my one of those like IMDb facts that we always look up, like they had to pull it. They actually had to. It was doing well in the theaters, and they actually had to pull it because of. You don't get it. Yeah, well, if you go, go back and look at it, like, John Travolta's supposed to be cool in this, but he's also supposed to be the bad guy in Terrorist, and he's like, you know. Well, this was, like, the, the era in, like, just before, like, terrorists were seen as, like, Russians or, like, you know, or, like, some, you know, Western, uh, Euro, or excuse me, Eastern European. Right. Like, uh, that was the terrorists until 9-11 were kind of seen as that. For some reason, like I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of other movies like Die Hard, or uh, you know, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Die Hard's a perfect one. Yeah, or uh, probably any of the Lethal Weapons, you know, Lethal Weapon Five in particular. Right. So this brought it domestically, and it also brought like the level, like the internet in 2001 isn't what it was today. So like, the, like that's another thing that just doesn't translate well today. You're just seeing like Matrix code go by, and like you think like that's how people are coding and stuff, and. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm, a, you know, the best coder in the world, but I could just tell, like, it's all just fake stuff. They're just floating it in front of people, banking on the fact that they don't know. The other thing, too, I just wanted to look at the cast, and if a, if a director has a cast like this, they should be making an Oscar. I don't have it in front of me. I don't I have mean, it in front of me. I mean, it's not Michael Bay. No, it's, it's not Bay. I, I can't remember who it was, but... Oh. Um, but anyways, if you have that cast in the, all in their primes, 2001, like, like Hugh Jackman's an up and comer in 2001. Like they should, you should be making like an Oscar movie instead that they just, like you said, Doritos corn syrup, they just kind of made a bunch of explosions. But to that point, at the time, at the time we took it serious. So we yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. To that point, that's why I can't stop watching so because interesting, so we, we, uh, interesting that you did 2001. I, I noticed that I think all three of my picks are between 2000 and 2003. Okay. That's an inter- interesting observation. All right. Um, also, this movie was definitely known for Halle Berry showing her breasts. Like, that was, remember, like, that was, everybody was just talking yes. about it. Like, that so was, like, I have that in my notes, too. It's, that's the gratuitous, it's almost like they built the movie around that scene. It was, like, so yeah. gratuitous that it's almost, like, wrong, you know? Like, it's... Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah, we got this. Ha- like, it, like in some of my movie notes, they gave her like it was a big deal that they gave her just as much money as John Travolta. Like, because and and no one said it, but it's because of that scene, really. Like, they yeah. paid her extra to do that. Yeah, no, she was. It was. It was. You know, she didn't. Her role didn't have too much depth. Uh, you know, she was just kind of. Uh, I don't know. She's yeah. kind of there for that. The, the writing, that. too, like, you could tell they were kind of making it up as they went. Like, she's like a triple agent or something like that. She's, like, on John Travolta's side. Then she tells Hugh Jackman she's, like, CIA. Then she's, like, on his side. Then she's back with Hugh, like, Travolta much at the like, end. Much like, like Con Air, that's a four A-list celebrity cast. Yeah, yeah. But Con Air didn't blow it. Con Air, like, killed it. <laughs> But they didn't. They didn't try to be something that they were not. Like I think Swordfish was supposed to. Like Con Air was just like, let's do explosions. Let's just. This is just a vessel for like you know, all that's all that's good with like a, an action film. This one tried to be like a little bit smarter than it really came off as. And and watching it again, it just it just is not. But it does. It has the bank heist. It has like these scene. Like it has like the the gunfire. It has like. You know, sleight of hand. So you do once you get into it, and it also has a, a soundtrack from Paul Oakenfield. So much like that that song from um, we were talking about on our previous podcast, and Collateral. That whole Ready, sound, 
Yep, that whole sound, that whole Paul Oakenfield sound is 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 underneath the entire movie. So you almost do feel amped up the entire time, but until you like check yourself, you're like, wait, why? Like, what is going on here? Like, this isn't good. Like, why am I into this right now? But you can't help it. So there's, and also, also I know you love scenes where just like things continue. There's a scene where Hugh Jackman and Don Cheadle fall down it. There's a chase and they fall down a hill for what seems like about a quarter mile. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, they're just like talking about like, like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm just trying to get my daughter back. All right, but let, to, to move on, first off, so we, Hugh Jackman, we have to identify, I think, as Leo Caliber actor. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's definitely up there. Like he's... So I watched the movie last night, just to throw this in, Maddie showed me, called Prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal. Great and movie. And oh, Hugh Jackman. Awesome that movie. Was, that was the first was, time you've seen that? The first time I saw it. I never heard of it. Great movie. So good. If you haven't seen that movie, and a great movie. Anyway, um, but that, that's a good choice. I think it brings up an interesting point as we're defining it here. I, that's, this is a tough one to hate movies or a tough one to, or hate watches are a tough one to define because I, when you said swordfish, I was going to argue immediately or d- disagree that it's a hate watch. Like, how's that? It, that's a good movie. But as you're describing it, it's, it's, you've continued to watch it over time as it doesn't age well. Right. Yes. So there's movies that are reversed like that. So there's like the cable guy. When that first came out, everyone thought that sucked. And now the cable guy is like considered one of Jim Carrey's best. So it definitely goes both ways. But anyways, I, I, I've definitely spent enough money on, or much money, enough time on Swordfish right now. So uh, my, why don't you get into yours? Yeah. Yeah. My first one, all right. So it was the opposite. I feel like when it came out, I knew it was bad. Like I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. Um, and I knew it was bad and I can t- and it was on TV constantly. So the movie is Rat Race. Okay. Yeah. Like, that one was just bad right off the beginning. Just a bad movie, period. Yeah. Like, although it's a huge cast, um, mm-hmm. tons of cameos and, like, Seth Green in his prime. You know, You're leading off uh, with Seth Green, you can tell. this is. But there's other, there's way other better actors Mr. than that. Mr. Bean. Yeah, in it. It was just like if that tells you anything. About what, wasn't Cuba wasn't Cuba Gooding in that? Cuba Gooding. Oh my gosh! So this is the start of Cuba Gooding, like his like boat trip and snow dog space, uh-huh. like just taking awful roles. Uh, the guy sold out. Like, sad. The he's guy so from good. Road trip, like the guy from Road Trip who's trying to get his girlfriend back. He's mm-hmm. like the main actor in yep. that time period. Which the movie I believe. Uh, let's see, Rat Race. I believe two thousand one. I believe. Okay. Yep. And uh, so, anyway, so that's you know. So why do you? So guy. why do you watch it? So I guess getting back to the hate watch, like we uh, j- just saying the cast and like the premise, like we get that movie okay. is terrible. So Everyone would agree with that. But why do you like to hate watch it, or why do you hate? Oh, man, it's almost like I expected every well when I was a kid, I expected it to be better. Like you know, some movies you you watch and you're like, okay, that was bad, but maybe I just didn't get it. You got to watch it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. They start out as that, and then and then I just like, I, it was so stupid that I had to watch it. Like the like a helicopter scene that like someone like I think it's Charlize Theron or someone like that at the time. And uh, anyway, she like lowers a helicopter. The first off, the whole the whole the whole premise is like there's a whole race to get to this one guy's money and like I can't, John, it's not even worth going into wait, is John Levitt in it too? John Levitt 
dances in it, ends up driving Hitler's car, and right. like, kind of yeah. does a Hitler, uh, like, it just stash. It, it felt like it felt like they just put a bunch of random things in a bag, mixed it up, and then filmed it. Like, so why do I keep watching it? So growing up in the '90s, or so this is 2001. Growing up in the early 2000s, where TV started to play a lot of movies like Comedy Central, TNT, all these like they were movies that they just oversaturated. You know, maybe there's Pioneers, maybe one of them, but there's tons of movies they just played over and over, and I feel like Rat Race is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the, there was maybe a oh, you know what? They eat, to make this movie even worse, at the end when they all get together, Smash Mouth is probably oh the concert God. that they all end up at. Ugh. Just to so I, I don't know. I think I watch it because in amazement of how bad it was. Um, and like I don't know. I just I'm still trying to figure it out, and that's what the podcast is like. Right? Well, of those actors that you. Sorry, How many ahead. times have you seen this movie? I've probably seen the movie ten times. Uh, maybe it's I'm sad. saying twice. I think I saw it twice. So I mean, but much to like, the, I mean, it's not quite the hard hitting cast of Swordfish, but to that point, there's so many captivating actors that they could have just done so much better with, and it seems like they all just like I can't imagine that Cuba Gooding read this script and just be like that is what was worth my time. <laughs> They, they must have yeah, just had a budget and they just, some guy's passion project, or not even passion project, some guy just threw money at him and they all decided to do it, you know, like. I don't, I, I, I don't know who, who directed it, but I mean, it's just that, who, I mean, there's tons of cameos that like, uh, I think Whoopi Goldberg is a cameo, <laughs> uh, just like, it's, again, it's like the Smash Mouths and the. I don't know. They're, they're, they just threw in a lot of, like you said, just everything in a bag. And uh, I, I still don't understand why I. Oh, Amy Smart was the not. Uh, gotcha. Yep, she was big. She was big back in that era. She was also in Road Trip, and I think she was in the Transporter as well. Transporter right. too. So like. Right. So, anyways, it's just I don't honestly I I don't know why I've watched it. I won't watch it to this day. But I'm just saying I've seen that movie many times. <laughs> And, I, and, 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 I'm, and I have a feeling a bunch of other people have too. And if you think if you're going to argue that's a good movie, no. in any in any aspect, you're wrong. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think you're going to get too much argument there. It was just such a bad movie, such a weird waste of talent. Like it was yeah. almost so, like they're trying to make a bad movie. So yeah. So my so that was my comedy one. Um, I, I will tell you, I'm going to. Because I had like a bunch of choices, I will say that my second choice was Date Night with uh, Steve, Steve Carell and Tina Fey. Like two brilliant actors. There's the McCoyle brother, uh, whose name is Jimmy Simpson, like mm-hmm. now. Common um, and like the again uh, Ray Liotta is in it. Like it's it, it it had really great potential and it was just terrible execution. Um, so is this is this one of your choices? Is this one of your top? Not, not, All right, not, so let's move on from it then. But because I never I actually that was, those were my options. I never saw I never saw Date Night all the way through. I think I like watched it maybe on Comedy Central sometime, but I don't know. Anyways, so do you want to do you want to go with your next one, or I think I'm up, right? Yeah, you go ahead. You go. Ahead. Okay. Um, so I mean, this one is just low hanging fruit for hate watching movies. When I when I say this one, it might be on your list. You might not have seen it. I don't know. It's it's that bad of a movie. Uh, but it's Geely. Oh, no. So I should have done the cast first and seen if you could guess the movie. But 
it's got a decent cast. Like, if you make this any type of other movie, like, with this cast. So it's got Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez, Al Pacino, and Christopher Walken all in, all in the Pacino? movie. Oh, I didn't know so, Pacino or Walken were in that. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they don't have huge roles, but Walken more so than Pacino. Uh, Laura, have you ever... Hold on, Laura's walking by here. Ow. Yeah, she's visiting. You weren't going to walk by without us bringing you. Have you ever seen Geely before? Oh, no, I avoided it like the plague. Yeah, see, that, that's just... It has a reputation of being the worst movie ever and destroying their engagement. But doesn't... I think that's the reason... That's really good insight. So, but that's the reason I think I wanted to watch it is because everyone's like, it's so bad that I, ha- I just had to see yeah. how bad it is. It's like a car crash. Right? Go ahead, Laura. So it's like a car crash. It's like, you know it's something horrible, but you have to look. Definitely. Well, at the time, too, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck were like the it couple. Mm-hmm. And like they're, they're kind of coming out of a movie, which, you know, I, I movie like American Sweethearts with Jennifer Lopez, or not Jennifer Lopez, uh, Julie Roberts and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I Kelly Crystal. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but it's about like, yeah, it's, so, it's essentially the movie about their relationship, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't about the movie, it was about their relationship. Right, yeah, that that's what was making the headlines. Right, so for, for getting together, oh, Laura's sneaking out. All right, all right, thanks, Laura. She's just visiting for the fourth year. So um, the plot was, it's so, it, the plot changes a bunch of times. So basically, Ben Affleck and Jennifer, Lo, or Jennifer Lopez are two like mobsters maybe that are watching each other watch this mob other mobsters like mentally challenged brother and anyways jennifer lopez comes into like it comes into the scene and she's supposed to be a lesbian but then ben affleck somehow magically turns her from a lesbian into like anyway it's it's so bad it's so bad dog not only that, like they're supposed to be a couple in real life. I've never seen less chemistry on chemistry, on screen yeah. than, than the two yeah. of them have in the movie. Like it's, it's like just Katie, Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise, just like no chemistry. Like even though they had a kid, like it's just weird. There's like comedic points where like Ben Affleck's supposed to be funny. He just I don't think Ben Affleck's ever been intentionally funny in his entire life. And he, this what is year was this? This was uh, two thousand. So mine's falling right in this right in this era too. There must have been like a surplus of money in Hollywood to do all these shitty movies because. But anyway, it is so bad. Uh, um, I'm sorry, it wasn't 2000, 2003. I was looking at my my next. Well, one. that's still that's still honestly from like 2000 and till like 2005. There was just a bunch of garbage like that they that put out and people just we all went. To, for some reason, I feel like well, that was for for me. I was a teenager. We were teenagers, so we were going to. You know, movies in the theaters, like... So know, th- this is the rare exception. This one had a $75 million budget. It only made $7 million in the theater worldwide. And that's because they that's because they pulled it from... <laughs> that's because they pulled it from the movie. 90, 97% of the movie theaters pulled it out within the first two weeks. Jesus. So after, Christ. in the third week, it was only showing in 70 movie theaters worldwide. Like, that's how bad it was received. I, that's that makes me want to watch it actually though. And if you watch this movie too, I don't know what the budget was. Like they had a rental car, and like most of the movie is filmed in Ben, ben Stiller's apartment where they're watching the, the, this brother. If hopefully so, people who are listening have seen it and can just attest to really how it is as bad as everyone says. It is so bad. So uh, okay, but being on your list of hate watches, when's the last time you watched it? 
uh, within the last year because I Jesus. I don't think Crystal had watched it and I'm like you got to see how bad this movie is and we just <laughs> we we popped a bowl of popcorn and just laughed at how terrible it was. So the, awesome. at the beginning of the podcast we were saying reasons why we watch it. You watch it be, just to make fun of it and that's that's what we did the entire time. Like the kid who plays um, the the mentally uh, challenged brother is like so like he's you're you're well aware that he's not he's just doing a bad impression of someone who's you know has down syndrome like you're just like he, oh. went, he went full retard he, he did <laughs> from our tropic thunder day. yeah never go full never retard. never especially this guy like it was just <laughs> you're just like this is offensive this is just offensive to watch that um I, i'm trying to think so the director a couple notes around this movie the director um martin <clears throat> Martin Brest, what is his name? He never worked in Hollywood again after this movie. Yeah, never. Really. This was this was his this was this killed his career. Like he he's probably the guy with like his toe coming out of his boot holding a tin can on on Hollywood Boulevard right now. Like he's that story that once I had it big and now he's in the gutter somewhere. Just um, blacklisted, blacklisted worse than Chris Kattan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this the. This was it was nominated for thirteen like worst picture of worst picture movies. Um, oh, I, no, in my research, I saw this almost on every list. Like, I wanted to be inspired, so I obviously uh, I did some research for you know some worst movies online and stuff. And yeah, that, that was consistently on there. But as a hate watch, I mean, again, now it's almost twenty years old, so. I guess I guess it would be comical at this point, but I think it's one of those ones you have to just watch it once. You can hate watch it once, so it's not so like I a rewatchable. You can compare this to like Glitter. Mariah Carey came out of the uh, Glitter another, at the same time. I think. Uh, another one that I've just never seen. Right. I've never but seen it because of how bad. Level of awfulness. But the point is, so like hate watches. Now we can go back and watch movies that were just absolutely terrible. And now they have comedic value. Mm-hmm. This is it, but it's so bad that you can only really watch it once. Like, you're only going to make the, the, the jokes once, so if you go back and watch it again, it probably wouldn't be good. I've seen it twice in my entire life. So, I mean, I mean, so much like we have, I feel like we have to mention The Room, like Tommy Wiseau's The Room, which, you know, uh, the disaster order the movie Franco and Seth Rogen did is based after, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, no, explain that a little bit. The Room? It's like it's it's known as just the worst movie of all time, and like this guy Tommy Wiseau, who's the director and head actor, it's the absolute it's agreed on just the worst movie of all time because he did it all himself. And oh, okay, so the disaster artist is about that movie, The Room. Okay, exactly. So, so that was a real thing. Is The Room when it came out? He put it out himself, just in like a couple of theaters out in L.A. or whatever. Anyways, people just could not believe how awful it was. Like, and it became a cult following because of how bad it is. Of course, he was trying to make a serious drama movie. And, uh, and anyways, so that's like the start kind of like understanding where movies can be multifaceted in that as they age, now you're watching it to laugh at mm-hmm. as opposed to... So is, is, the room, is the room on your list? No, because I feel like that's just too obvious. Also, I love the room because of its comic value. Like, I'll rewatch that. I'll watch that with you, dog, anytime. Like, 
It's it's absolutely it's it's absurd and hilarious. But but no, that's that that's not on my list because I I think it's arguably one of the the best cult classics of all time. Like, um, you know, it wasn't uh, it came, again. It, Although it came out as a serious movie, it immediately was received as a comedy because of how bad it was. Right. All right, we got Laura back. Laura, so Doug, just to just to get the list, keep kids to keep going on this. Laura's got a call, but she wrote down on my pad here and she snuck by. What is it? Morning Glory, I think is the name of it. Mom, Dad, Ross, and I watched it last weekend. Horrible. I heard you guys what talking. Is the one with Rachel? Choice. What? <laughs> no, I, unfortunately, it was like. One of those horrible situations where you scroll through Netflix for like an hour and the group won't make a decision. So I went for something and fail. Flop. Yeah. Who's in it? Rachel McAdams, Harrison Ford. Um, oh, I can't remember. She's in As Good As It Gets. She's an older actress. Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton. Okay. So right there, like, it yeah. should be a good movie. What, what, what made me think of it as I was listening to you guys is that we were talking about it and we even Googled reviews afterwards that stacked cast worst movie like, how did they afford all these people and they had the dad from um from modern family oh yeah yeah so they have like, all these recognizable actors uh, there's more in there i do some horrible actors names and it was the slowest dumbest so what's cheesiest the plot what's, why is it so bad like what's the well the plot is basically this like young produce tv morning show producer Gets like in the first scene. I don't want spoiler alert. No, no, no gets, there's no spoilers on this. Dude. Gets fired, and then gets hired at this like uh, show that is like basically the ratings are crashing, and she needs to save it. Yeah. Long story okay, short, I'm shocker. Already losing me. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, but so if I think to your point, you see that lineup, and you're just like, how bad could it yeah. be? And yeah. I think the reason you didn't turn it off is because you're you wanted to. Continue like or Ross's crush on Rachel McAdams. There you go. So that that's probably Ross's reason for for continuing. Betting, but it was so bad and like shocking. Committed, she saves though. it. Like at, at one point you're committed. It's tough to just like turn off a movie. Like I watched uh, Cold Mountain the other day actually, which is like you're in stacked cast for the time. Renee Zellweger. Anyways, it's best of war. Just it's just not a good movie. It's just slow. Anyways, it's tough to turn a movie off sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah, I heard you guys talking about stacked cast, some movies that just don't pan out, and I was like, oh, that just happened so last that, week. So that's a good another category for us to hate watch something. All right, Laura's got a call. Thanks, Laura. Bye. Um, uh, so that's another good, like, I think, and it goes to what we said, stacked cast. Like, this is reason, like, just stardom is a reason to hate watch something, because you just kind of like having those people on camera and... I think with, if you put, you know, if this was a play or if this was just a bunch of nobodies performing all these, you know, these terrible movies, you wouldn't make it through the opening credits. Well, it's almost why Nick Cage has also the cult following that he has. You talked to our buddy Dylan, who was on our last podcast, is a massive Nick Cage fan. Like, he will tell you every single movie he's been in and the stats about him. Even the worst one, like the absolute garbage Wicker Mans and Ghost Riders and stuff. And some people, like, like that's somehow has made his career. Yeah. And now he can do movies with that awareness of, like, yeah, I've got a bunch of garbage, but I'll do whatever now. Like, and he's got some chops. Like, I mean, that's why these guys that's why these guys get their quotes is because they know if one person is in it, there's a following that's going to at least make that money back and then some. 
no matter how shitty the movie. All right, so let's move along. I, I, so my first two were Swordfish Geely. Your first one was Rat Race. Let's let's move to your second. Yeah, my second one. Okay, so it was between two movies. Um, I'm still I'm still between the two, um, but I think I want to go with Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh man, you know I love the Fast and Furious. So that's why I wanted to go with it. My other choice was uh, Planet of the Apes with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, <laughs> basically, any Marky, I wanted to choose a Marky Mark movie, but but honestly, I know how much you love the two Fast, yeah. the Fast I, and Furious. I can speak more to the Fast and Furious, and of the eight that are out there right now, it is by far the worst one. But no, Tokyo Drift is the worst. No, Tokyo Drift is a better movie. It's definitely a better movie. Jesus. Well, I... Maybe, or in my opinion, and this is all opinion. This is all opinion based, but no. But in terms of a plot, maybe you're right. It is Fast and Furious Two. It's just they. It, it's just like all right. So there was this culture in the early 2000s of ex, like extreme is so cool, like Mountain Dew. Yeah, and like there's the Harold and Kumar guys yep. who are just you know extreme. Right. Like you know we had those. We had a couple X, of guys in our school. Who X X Games. Were, the X Games were getting just as high as ratings as baseball and like yeah, it was an X Games yeah. culture right at the turn of the millennium. One of definitely. my first concerts actually was a was called Boom Boom Hut Jam, Tony Hawk's Boom Boom Hut Jam, <laughs> and there was Social Distortion was playing in, in the middle of as <laughs> like dirt distortion. bikers and like skateboarders were doing backflips over them and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, ah, it's just sweet. But I mean, like, there's that yes. whole culture. And Too Fast, Too Furious took it. So the first one was, had success, Fast and Furious. Um, and Too Fast, Too Furious was just like taking that and like adding Ludacris, adding Tyrese, adding they're, – they're down in like Miami or something – or, uh, you know, in Florida. So like now they're adding like boats right. and like sea-doos and like they're jumping – the final scene – Tyrese and Paul Walker literally jump a muscle car onto a boat. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. And they're, they're, and like the speed of the boat, there's no way that that car that they're in can, it will ha- would have trouble catching up to that boat. And there's no way that that boat would stay along the coast. Just move off the shore for like maybe an extra 10 yards. And there's no way of that ever happening. We're just like, and you see it coming, just like turn, you know, just like. Yeah, exactly. You must have heard that muscle engine revving and speeding towards like the dock. Anyways. We've talked about this. I think we've talked about this movie, you and I, like off a call or maybe when we were prepping for this, uh, these podcasts starting to blend. But it really just exposed Paul Walker as just a pretty boy and not really a good actor. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. But. He yeah. wasn't. He wasn't the thing that was pull, that was bringing this franchise along. It was Vin Diesel. Who he was, though, like that's to Paul Walker's credit. He didn't try to do like. I don't think he he, he did the Fast and Furious shit because he's like, I love cars. I like fast stuff. I'm making a ton of money. Like, dude, he, that's a good career. Like, oh, that's oh, like, yeah, definitely. He definitely found his niche and he didn't apologize for it. But after the first one, you weren't sure exactly why does this movie work. Is it Diesel? Is it Jordana Brewster? Is it Paul Walker? And then so Paul Walker, basically him and Tyrese, who's first a, a singer before an actor, um, it it was just a showcase for them, and it just kind of highlighted a lot of Paul Walker's acting uh, scars or acting f- 
faults or foes? What am I like, acting? It, it just yeah, exposed it. Yeah, no, I mean, so he just like, uh, he just, his eyes, like his awareness of the camera, his like delivery of his lines are just very, very forced. Like, I know, Rome, I know what we're going to do. And then Tyrese is like, listen, we hung, like I said, we hungry. And just like, he's always eating. <laughs> it's just, it, it really is. They tried to, but Tyrese somehow went on to have an acting. Well, I mean, the Fast and Furious just paid. For, once it picked back up at Fast and Furious Four, once they brought back Vin Diesel, then the then then the franchise was backing off and running. It's a miracle that it even made it to Tokyo Drift. Never mind that so, fourth one. So another movie I considered was Triple X, and I think the Vin yeah. Diesel was Triple X during Fast or Too Fast, Too Furious. That's why he didn't do the second one. Right. Yeah. Which so, I considered it, but that honestly, that's another extreme, like an extreme movie. Yeah. Like motorcycles blowing up. You know, right? But Too Fast, Too Furious is literally like they have like it is just the sloppiest story, and they just throw in Ava Mendez again for some eye candy. Um, like that's right. I'm surprised she didn't make it throughout the series, Ava Mendez. But what, what's that? So they they as these things continue as as you get to like Fast Four, Five, Six, Seven, Eight. Like, they always keep the cast. Like, everyone who hasn't died yet comes along. So I'm surprised Ava didn't jump on that. Because it's just a cash cow. I mean, they, they're just throwing money at all these all these actors. By the end, they had, like, Kurt Russell, Charlize Theron, Jason Statham, The Rock are all in, like, the ones now. And they continue to be in these movies. So, like, it's these are huge budget films. You would have think that Ava Mendez, who can, you know, she's she's probably would have been one of the better actresses in, in... Not saying that she's great or anything. Not saying that she's an Oscar winner, but... Surprised that she didn't climb onto the cast to like Jordana Brewster, Michelle Rodriguez, like, you know, Luda, Luda Tyrese, you know, who's your Wonder Woman? Yeah. One, uh, what's the Wonder Woman? Gal Gadot, she's in that? Yeah, she's in, I think she's in five and six, four, five and six, uh, maybe, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like the biggest fast guy. I know you are, dog. So I, I definitely, look, too fast, two years, I saw in the theaters and like with a bunch of friends and stuff. And I've watched it many times. Like, it's still entertaining. So is it one of those, was it, yeah, is it one of those ones that you liked at the beginning and now you hate watch or you hate it at the beginning but you just go back to hate watch just to remind so yourself how I that I hate watching it in that I know it's a terrible movie. Like, and, and like, I can point out everything that's bad about it, especially, like, the, uh, like the cops who are, like, the... The cops who were like telling Tyrese and Paul Walker what to do, he, the guy who plays Raiden actually mm-hmm. in Mortal Kombat, uh, like not Tom Jade in the first one, the second one, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but uh, the he's also in Dexter. He's Dexter's father. He's the ghost. I remember anyways, him. Yep. He. Uh, so, anyways, those guys are just awful. Everyone's deliveries are just terrible. Um, but the plot makes no sense. Nobody's trusting each other. Uh, and basically, like you said, it's an it's an excuse for them to do stunts yeah. and give and include rap culture, Tyrese and, and Luda into extreme. Like it's basically it's taking these again these products of extreme extremism, like mm-hmm. extreme culture and rap and uh, right. And so then, it sounds like that's then, like part of the reason why you hate watch is just to kind of go back to get a taste of what. Because the soundtrack is also a big part of it too. They those sound we had a whole podcast about movie soundtracks. The fat the first off, Fast and Furious One with Ja Rule, and then the second one was Too Fast and Furious with Luda. Uh the both of those had like D 
decent and solid soundtracks mm-hmm. that like will pump you up still. Mm-hmm. And like that's that is another reason why they're rewatchable. Like like just action scenes. We watched Baby Driver last night actually. Oh, I love Baby uh, Driver. And it's just it, all it is. It's just action and music, right. which is cool. At the end of the day, if there's a car chase, I'm gonna watch a car chase. If there's a car jumping onto the boat, like if, so, if someone was filming that right outside my door. I'm going to watch that a million times and I think they knew it. It really felt like that, much like the Holly Berry scene, it felt like the movie revolved around the car launch onto the boat and you're just sitting, and at least for me, that's what I just sit around waiting for. Like if, it, if that movie's starting, I probably won't watch it, but if I know that the, that ending scene is, is coming and I flick it on TV, I'm going to stick around and watch that, even though I, I agree, of the eight Fast and Furious, it's the worst one. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, or you think Tokyo Drift? Yeah, okay. You thought Tokyo Drift? It's yeah. it's it's close, but Tokyo Drift is just just go back and watch it. Like it just doesn't have a ton of like main like actors that you'd recognize, but it's still like a decent movie. Like it's a good C movie. Where I think Too Fast and Furious is D minus. Yeah, I mean, you can't. It's hard to convince me when Bow Wow is one of the main <laughs> little Bow Wow is one of the main characters. But oh, man. Anyways. Let's move on to your number three. Okay, so my last one is one that I talked about with you when we were doing our movie prep. Um, as you know, anyone who listens to the podcast knows I like, I like scary movies. That's one of my favorite genres. Um, so this one was um, uh, the this one came out in two thousand. Uh, is called Final Destination, um, and, and, and much like Fast and Furious, I think they made like five or six of these after right, the first. So you're one. choosing Final Destination one your hate watch final destination one but I, it could be any one of these i just i've seen final destination one I have a funny the story uh actually mom dad and i went to see final destination three in the theaters they had no idea <laughs> you know like the opening scenes there's like a biker who like uh, there's like a girl who flashes and they're smoking weed like a joint and they toss it out and like someone's it like onto someone's windshield and it catches on fire like so anyways, we walked out of the film. We walked out of the movie. Mom was so embarrassed. Why would you guys choose? Like, you had to have known what that was going to be. Like, why would you choose that? I, did, I didn't. Mom and dad wanted to go to this. I had no, I, what, I mean, that must have been, I must have been 13, 12 years old, 11, something like that. And I remember, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's many scenarios where I've walked out of a movie, but that was That's painful. Shameful. That was a walk of shame out of the film. <laughs> Especially as a kid, you wanted to, like, like they were clearly leaving on my behalf. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, and, yeah. They, they got racier and racier as they went, but that was part of, like, they just, it, this, it was such a formulaic. The reason I hate watching it is because, well, first of all, the reason I hate it is because when I'm watching it, I'm just like, this is so formulaic. Like, basically every one of these Final Destinations are, like, Okay, we have six teens, right? And there's some carryover from from you know whatever the one before it, but we have six teens, and well, they have to be teens too. Yeah, like. yep, they have to be you know between college. Anyway, the premise for this one is this guy. Um, so Devin Sawa, so he was ju- uh, junior and little giants using Casper Idle Hands, oh, kind nice. of like one of those Jonathan Taylor Thomas like '90s yes. stars that you recognize and just never had a career. Wait, what's his name? Devin Sawa, S A W A Sawa. I don't. I really don't know how to pronounce it. Where is he now? Oh the center part, you know, the, the skater cut center part. Oh, yeah. In this one, he's kind of got it quaffed up a little bit. But anyways, he has a vision. They're about to go on a class trip or like a class senior trip to Paris, and he has a vision that the plane crashes, and sure enough, it does. So the the premise is that he's cheated. Him and the six teens or seventeens have cheated death. 
and that death now goes right down the line according to the seating chart in the plane because death is very aware of that <laughs> according to the seating chart they go down right down the line and, they, and death tries to come back for them there's a, more, there's a mortician in here that knows all and he's like well he's like you can't cheat death and then it proceeds to he figures out the order so like a month later one of his buddies quote unquote commits suicide but Devin Sawat and Ali Larder who are the two kind of main characters know um, no, oh, this, this can't be it. That's not like him. There's no way he committed suicide. And then they figure out through his, like, between the mortician and the premonitions that, that yeah, okay, death's coming back for them. And then the whole movie is just dodging death. But when I say it's formulaic, the reason that there are, like, it's, the, the movie is just, like, one big, it's six, I'm sorry, six big cliffhangers right in a row. So if you know death is on you, then the camera focuses both on Devin Sawa and his reaction to whatever teens either about to get axed or saved. And it's, I'm telling you, they did this for five movies, six movies. You're just it's like, okay. Like each death is almost like a Rube Goldberg machine. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Like, it's like one thing, like a fan is, is rotating and then, oh, it came off his axis somehow because someone didn't screw in the screw right. right. Yeah. And then it hits water that falls and then sets off the electricity that like somehow you're plugged in at the dentist like so it's essentially a Rube Goldberg of death yes so you're 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 basically not having watched this movie you're right on like that's those are two of the deaths that almost happen I think the dentist scene one's in two but whatever it it doesn't matter what the movie is you could plug any one of these scenes in any one of the movies and still have the same plot Um, and, and that's why I just can't stand it when I'm watching it but at the same time I see that, you know, I see that train about to hit the guy's car. You know, I see the high, the, the neon sign swinging like, all right, like someone's about to get axed here. Like, let me just stick to at least the commercial break and watch this because like that type of cinema, though cheap, is something that I can't look away from. Yeah, I mean, there's, no, there's a ton of, there's a, there's a huge market for just like senseless gore and like just kind of like excessive, like, I mean, there's one thing, like, Quentin Tarantino has tons of blood blowing up and stuff like that, but this is, like, this is, like, another level. This is just, like, this is basically murder porn. Um, like, <laughs> it's you know, grim like, when you put it like that, but it, it exactly, it's what it is. Like, you you almost sitting there, you, you want to see how they're going to die. Yeah, so maybe that's why I haven't really gotten into them, Doug. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Think about that, man. Don't waste your time, and don't ever. If final, if Final Destination Eight comes out, do not take mom and dad. I see. I'm going back to that. Like, I want to know just as much more about the decision that was made to see that as you watching the three of you. If I can go back in time, watching the three of you walk out of there awkwardly with your tail between your legs, like that. That's that's the part I don't get. Like, you're looking. I'm assuming you guys looked it up in the newspaper because, like, that's just what you did back then. I can't. I'm sure that I did not have any on the movie choice I was young enough uh, and dad, I'm sure it was a dad choice it had to have been a dad choice like he saw it and was like oh that could be good and we just wanted to go out to the movie theater uh, you know uh, and we didn't even you know <clears throat> we didn't even go to see another movie like we didn't even you know what I mean uh, that's we, brutal. Out, like, we that's... just went we just left and I uh. was just like first off I had just seen breasts in front of my mom and like and like the whole, they were just the, the how uncomfortable she was was what made it the worst. Oh, like, so bad. I was, 
Uh, it was it was just it's a cringeworthy moment in my life. Oh sure. man, I'm surprised this one didn't come up when it was said when we were talking about like worst movies theater experiences. So I mean, it's a good story, and I can't say it was one of my worst because I was there for such a short time. <laughs> it was only like it was literally the, the first scene. They're smoking weed. They're smoking a joint, and a, a biker chick flashes the the teens. And like they're just partying. I could just see you sitting there in the car, or sitting there in your chair, like side eyeing, like looking over to see if mom saw that you saw when, like, clearly you did. Like, it must have been so awkward. It was. It was pretty. I yeah. It was uncomfortable. Um, and you know, I, I don't. I think mom has maybe dragged dad out of. I think Borat or uh, maybe or was it uh, Bruno? Borat, Bruno. Uh, so I mean, I I, I give. I give dad credit for continuing to try. There's just certain audiences that you shouldn't go to movies with. Like, but dad knows that. What's he doing bringing mom to Bruno? <laughs> I know. I know. Swing and miss. Uh, so, um, but, yeah, anyways. Uh, All right. My third one? Yeah, so we're, we're on your last one. We're about 49 minutes right now, so we can Perfect. do that and wrap up. Perfect. Keep it under now. So okay. I'm really excited about my final choices. So it's a three, I chose three movies for a one choice, and I think you'll agree with me. So it's Exit Wounds, Cradle to the Grave, and Romeo Must Die, <laughs> all as one choice. I'm surprised you didn't throw Belly in there, too. No, Belly is a different movie. It's not as much about the kung fu. Like, So Romeo Must Die came out in 2000, Exit Wounds 2001. Cradle to the Grave, two thousand and three. Okay, there's, there's a, I'm seeing a, a, a common thread here, but I'll let you get to it. What's the common thread? DMX. DMX, absolutely. He's <laughs> right, so this is like for, for some reason there's you know not only just Wu Tang but there's a fascination hip hip hop artists have fascination with kung fu culture um, and an affiliation for it and some of um, some of it does some yes yeah. A lot of hip hop artists. A lot, like, a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and so DMX, yeah, you know, uh, so Exit Wounds is with Steven Seagal, but the Cradle to the Grave and Romeo Must Die are with Jet Li, and um, so basically, they're, they're all the same movie. Um, in that, like, I don't know, if DMX is somehow misunderstood as like a he's not a drug dealer. He's really like a person who owns clubs who fights for the people somehow and like Anthony Anderson's his sidekick <laughs> and like and uh, somehow gently and then with Romeo Must Die Aaliyah is in it none of these movies the plot doesn't matter in any of them no the I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you like I couldn't tell you anything about any one of those plots but I've seen all three movies four of you I'm including Belly in there I don't know why you think that, like, that's such so much of a better movie but it's it's uh because it well, it's, I just wouldn't lump it in with the three because okay. it's not the kung fu based. This is your choice. I'll let you go with it. But like, you're right. Like you look at like the posters for these. The marketing was exactly the same for all three. Like the soundtracks were very similar. Obviously, if you have that DMX, you know, connection on all of these, he's he can't help himself but be on most of the tracks. But like, it's just like, how did one of these get greenlit? Never mind all three, and they must. I don't know if it's the same director, but they must, anyone who's involved in those movies must know that like, we're definitely going to bucket you in with all this. Cause they, they're seemingly looking back the same movie. Yeah. Um, well there's each of them had like their little flair. So 
cradled or exit wounds had Seagal. So Steven Seagal, this was towards like the end of his career, actually. Um, and uh, Seagal's, you know, got his own brand, but also Tom Arnold is in the movie, God. Probably oh, God. like the number four or five actor, if that says anything about movie. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so anyway, is um, yeah, the plots are just, it, it, it's always a cop. There's always a cop versus... Streets. Who's usually, there's, there's a, either a good cop and, and a crooked cop who's doing something with, like, an illegal racket. And then DMX is somehow trying to shut down the illegal racket when Jet Li comes in and is somehow, you know, somehow his brother was killed by the gang who runs the racket. And then Aaliyah, uh, you know, is the girl that is, you know, somehow the brother, the sister of the guy who got killed. Like, there's the, those three movies in one description. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell which one you were actually describing right there. I, like, Yeah, well, that's, I was looking down, I got my three of them in front of me, and I basically just merged the three of them. Um, but, but all of them have really pretty decent action for the time. And once, but so I was, again, 11, 12, 13, when these are coming out, uh, and... Obviously, just like loving Doritos, man. Like, just like, just my favorite rappers with like, you know, lots of fun action. I, I grew up by Jackie Chan. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. True. Like, and and Jet Li was great. At, you know, he was kind of the next Jackie Chan at the time, or was comparable. Um, uh, but uh, anyways, I you know, I DMX was kind of the real draw. Phil and I, yeah, Phil and I were big DMX. It, it, it wasn't just us, Doc. He was of that late '90s, or probably probably closer to early 2000s. He was bigger than Jay Z. He was bigger than Dre. Even at that time, he was bigger than than all those guys. So he had like three. Really, I don't know. I, I don't know. If you, you can't say bigger than Dre because Dre just came out with a crime in 2001. He, that's his best album, uh, biggest album of all time. You can't. He came out with 2001 in 1999, and then DMX kind of took over like the next three or four years after. Hot came out in 99. Okay, I would put them, but right, right. We look back right now, and yeah, obviously, Chronic 2001 is a better album, or at least we we see Dre as a bigger talent. But at that time, if you put yourself in that mindset, DMX was right online, if not a little bit more popular than him. Absolutely, no, that's a been. You know, he was he was coming out with his best stuff. Also, they had the Rough Riders anthem was also involving some of that extreme extreme culture, like the the, the uh, four wheelers. If yeah. you remember the Rough Riders anthem, video. I think they were called like the Eleven O'clock Boys, or like they're doing like the Papa Wheelies or the Midnight Boys or something like that. They're, Absolutely, yeah. And you know, there was just you know, it's an emergence of cultures, but DMX was clearly the selling point, um, and was is actually I. I I've had living down in the South. He's from South Carolina, and I've had some friends wait on him. My friend T waited on him and just said he's an absolute asshole and just a complete narcissist. Like he has his whole crew like behind him, just like focused on him. This is a guy who's been arrested for bringing like a kilo of cocaine to an airport with some weapons, like. He's arrested. DMX has been arrested countless times. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto. He did some. He did some serious time. Like he was away for five, six years, I think, at one point. Like he was. And, and at one point, I'm pretty sure he was leaving the rap game in order to pursue like his Christian values right. or something. Like yeah. he was like, you know. So, anyways, DMX was like 
he was a real character in the early 2000s for sure mm -hmm. um and yeah this but th these movies were opportunities just they were they were payday is you know what i mean there but there were some like so early 2000s if you remember for i think it was romeo must die there were some like cool um like so matrix had just come out so all these new cgis and and, and uh, digital abilities are there so like when they do a punch they would show it like river break through their spine and like you know go inside their body there'd be the slow motion stuff so anyways th this is kind of it's what, what again to point out the time frame that all of my movies all my choices are in i'm not sure if it was the age that i was when i consumed yeah. these movies and, and now i look back and i'm just like i loved them at the time and there was a simple version of me who enjoys those things for what they were as opposed to how I can analyze them now and, and what they are. I, I think I think it's a mixture of that, like because clearly mine are during that time frame too, so it's definitely probably like the impressionable thing. And it's also, it sounds like Hollywood just was printing money and they could do whatever, these studios could do whatever they want and, and, they, and put it out quick because I would think all those three movies were within the same four or five years of each like other. Like I said, 2000, Romeo Must Die, 2000, Exit Wounds, 2001, Cradle of the Grave, 2003. Okay, yeah, so they're, and they're just pumping them out, and think about the amount of money a studio would need to front in order to get those movies out and how quickly they need to do it. So clearly this was something that they probably weren't putting as much time into as, you know, say, you know, different, or, you know, a little bit more in-depth movies today. So, all right, Doug, so I, I love the list. Again, just to recap, I'll say mine in, in no particular order. I had um, Swordfish, Geely, and Final Destination as some good hate watch movies. Yeah, that's a, that's a good list. And yours were Rat Race, um, too, fast. too Fast, Too Furious, and then the trio of like Romeo Exit Must Die. Grave, yeah, grave, Romeo Must Die. Right. I mean, if any of anyone who's listening hasn't watched any of them, I don't know if we can officially put the jerk's stamp of approval on him, but if you do want to just kill I'm some time. Likely, so I'm likely tonight to, when I'm making dinner, to put Swordfish on just because I know the movie well, or... Or you think you I do. I want to sit down with Maddie and my buddies and watch Geely and make fun of him. Like, yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. So if you're looking for, again, we're in quarantine still, so if you're looking for time to to burn this this one these are some recommendations that i said only break the glass if, in emergency if you need to do these because warning they're all bad movies so real quick i'm sure we're at what the 50 yeah yep yep 58 58 real quick so i'm gonna do some honorable mentions that i because i have this whole list of hate watch films okay and i'm just gonna just gonna bang some out real quick and see if you agree so um how to lose a guy in 10 days um, anything I McConaughey did in that time period was just garbage. I disagree. I like that movie. Go on. Uh, let's see. The National Treasure with uh, Nick Cage. Awful. Bad, but I've seen it a bunch of times. Demolition Man with Wesley Snipes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got to go back and watch that. I can't remember. Stallone, Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. And uh, Sandra Bullock. So it's, uh, it's it's bad, but like pretty entertaining. Um, I also had... You know, I really wanted to do some Marky Mark, so I had Shooter and Planet of the Apes down. Oh, dude, Shooter? How are you going to shit on Shooter? That's a great yeah, movie. The same thing. He's like, it's a good movie. I was like, but it, his name is Bobby Swagger, and he's just, it, it's absurd. It's an absurd movie. 
Danny, 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 Danny Glover is somehow like he's back. Love he's Glover. Back. I love Glover in that, and I love Shooter. Uh, I d- highly disagree with that one. I told you I had mentioned Triple X before. That was an option. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, in tri- Triple X two with Ice Cube. I also uh, Venom with Tom Hardy. Oh, that's that's a, that's a recent one that was really bad, but I've yeah. seen it a few times, hoping they'll like it because I love Tom Hardy. I, I still haven't forgiven him for that. Like that that was just such a bad movie, but I I, I think yeah. I'd go back and hate watch that one again. So that's a good choice. Yeah. So that, this was a fun one to research. It was also a tough one to define. Uh, did you have any honorable mentions you wanted to throw? No, I, I I mean I, the Too Fast Too Furious was was on there, um, and then. Just, just like other sequels of movie, Anchorman Two was on here, but I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. So I also, so in, in sculpting this list, I had to figure out what, real quick, what we, what we were talking about. What, what is a hate watch film? Like, what, what's yeah, if, we talking about? If, if you, have, we were talking about you know, hate watch roles like Skyler in uh, Breaking Bad, or you know, uh, whether you know. Uh, so I have three movies, The Martian, The Hobbit, and Wolf of Wall Street, which are all critically acclaimed, but I hate them. What? And I hate them. You don't like The Martian? I know, I get, you've said on previous podcasts why you don't like Wolf of Wall Street because of whatever. I get, Martian, I, all right, so I worked in, I worked in Nashville Brewing Company, the theater, um, the theater part of it, and I was a manager there, and we played The Martian for two months straight, and I saw that movie probably like. So you just hate it because of the repetition, like that's yep. okay. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's what I had to figure out again in this process. Like, are these movies that we hate watching, or are they movies that we love to watch? Are they bad movies? You know what I mean? It's right. interesting. It's really difficult to articulate, but I think we all kind of understand what we're talking about when we can get yeah. examples. I, I think after after going through this, people know what we're talking about. It's one of those things that just doesn't have a clear definition. Or if it is that someone else who's more be- more better with words can <laughs> more better with more words. better with words can tell us. Uh, so yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see other ones if if Lord, you know, does up all the social media like she always helps us with. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, what are other, on other people's list is hate watch because I mean, with just with the small research amount, but like, it was easy to find these three. Um, so, uh, I'm sure there's others uh, it was, out there. It was a really fun one. It was, it was a really fun one to, to research, but again, the, the, the hate watch, the fact that it's, it's almost like, a, like I, for lack of a better word, like a mood, like it's like a, right. it, it, it's almost like a nostalgia I'd say they're nostalgic. It's it's uh, comforting. It is mindless. Right. Well, I think to your point, like it's not only a mood that it puts you in, but you have to be in a certain mood to go back and watch them as well. So, like, they, sure. and that, sure. that all yeah, ties into a hate to, watch. You have, to be, you have to be willing to like. All right, I'm just gonna throw away this time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, this this time doesn't really matter, which is nice sometimes. Which which is a lot of the times that I've watched this movie, with the exception of Geely, like most of the times I'm hate watching these movies is because I'm flicking around and nothing's on and I'm bored or whatever, and I'm just like, okay, this is I'll stick through it with this scene and then maybe the next scene, and so like a lot of these, like definitely uh, uh, Final Destination and Swordfish. Rarely have I ever just stuck the DVD, if if ever, just stuck the DVD or or gone on demand and watch it all the way through. It's usually it's on cable and I've got nothing else going on, so I don't. I didn't wake up planning on watching that that movie, but I'll sit through and hate hate watch it for a little bit. 
Yeah, guys, I'm really curious to hear what your pay watches are. The Instagram has been a lot of fun, so keep keep up your your involvement, and we're gonna keep posting your you know your responses and stuff. For that's, sure, it's a lot of fun for us too to keep you involved. All right, but by the time this, I agree, it has been wicked fun. By the time this goes out, it'll be after Fourth of July. So, but dog, just because you're here in front of me, if I don't see it, stay away from the firecrackers. Yep, Black Black Lives Matter. Um, we want to still remind everybody that uh, you know we're we're focused on the movement as well, and it's not something to just forget. And although there was you know a wave of movement, uh, it's something we need to persistently talk about and continue to listen. And although we're continuing to have fun on these. Um, you know, it's still on the it's still on the forefront of our mind. We're not we're not yeah, just moving absolutely. along. So we're we're still in support. So well said, Doc. And again, enjoy the fourth, guys. Thanks for listening. Peace out, homie. Peace out.